So I post this podcast episode with a heavy heart because a dear friend of my family's, Bill Barrett, passed away today. The vision of him playing just proves what an absolute champion he was. He really was unstoppable. When he was on, no one could beat him. No one. If he was switched on for that day, he was unstoppable. And the stories he had from his playing days are quite extraordinary. And so I want to bring this conversation to you so you can hear in, in Billy's own words about his career and his time at Tigerland. Farewell, Bugsy. Bill, thank you for your time. No worries. Can you, for the record, just tell me your full name and your date of birth? William Thomas Barrett, but I'm not telling you a date of birth. <laughs> <laughs> when you played, you had a nickname. What was it? Bugsy. Why? How did that come about? Uh, Noel Teasdale come about the trade name. I think it was when I went to Adelaide in interstate game. It was Noel Teasdale that first started that. Do you say why he called you Bugsy? Well, what do you think? Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone wants to knock them out. But nobody is called no, Jackson no. Bugsy. Huh? When you first started Richmond, no, no one called Bugsy then. No, everyone promised to knock out my teeth. That was an interstate trip. Yeah, yeah. with Noel Teasdale and Adelaide, but everyone promised to knock them all out, but no one was good enough to do it. So, lucky me, or I don't know. What did your father do for a living? Uh, he worked in the Army. He fought on a Kokoda Trail a year and a half in New Guinea. And he was in the army for most of his life. He had a good card, of course, with good valves and that, but uh, he didn't do much work after 40 because of malaria and rheumatic fever as a kid. So who he buried? He lived, he come from Colac. So I should imagine he might have buried for Geelong, but he kept taking me to Melbourne games, a Richmond game, alternating when I played for Glen Iris under 16s. Uh, so that's a good question. I never, I'll have to ask my mother that question. She's still alive. She's 84. So who's she buried for? I know who my grandmother back for. Who's <laughs> your grandmother back for? Richmond. Well, that's she was always at the game. Well, probably your mum would have yeah. been Richmond. Yeah, yeah I was like Richmond. So, what was some of your what was your your earliest? Well, I played for Victoria Interstate. Went to Tasmania one year with Victoria Schoolboys. How old were you? Eleven. I was the youngest boy in the team. Um, then I played in Victoria Schoolboys. Yeah. Then they put the age down, and I missed out. I would have played three years in a go in the same team, but they changed the ages. Right. Uh, that was the way. But main memory, I suppose, going to Richmond, I hadn't played against men before and uh, played against Alan Hayes in the practice game. Did quite well and they promised to put me on the supplementary list. And uh, then I played against Freddie Swift and running down the race before the game because it was dog-eat-dog to hold, get a game. And I was only 16, he said, I'm going to kick your such-and-such head right across the grandstand today, son. I thought, oh, so I kept running all day and beating. And after the game, he shook his hand and said, well done, son. So I got on the senior list at 16 the first year. So I was a bit, bit fortunate then. So, hmm. Who did you vote? Melbourne and Richmond. Oh, okay. Ultimately. Yeah. I suppose because I, I watched them play. Yeah. Bill, uh, how, old, how old were you when you played your first game? Just turned 17 at the end of the year against John Devine at Geelong. I think I kicked three goals that day. That what, played the centre? No, half-full flank. Yeah, that was my first game. Okay. So what fine. year was that? 61. Did you have a hero growing up, a football hero? You yeah, Ron Barassi, because he was Melbourne's captain at the time. Uh, and they were a top side, and they had a lot of good players. And I just liked his strength, his enthusiasm. He wasn't a great kick. He was good handball, run, run, run all day. 
and uh, well, Richmond were down the bottom in those days, so they had some great players, good mark and kick, you know. Uh, Joe Polter, you know, Des Rowe, Alan Cations, um, Bobby Dummett, you know, Jeff, you know, there's a lot of great players they had. Who was uh, the senior coach when you played your first game? I'm not quite sure, Alan McDonald, Des Rowe. Did you play in the, sorry, did you play in the reserves at all? Yes, I did. The first year. The first year played. In 61, you played some reserve games. I I played quite a few reserve games in the first year. The next year, I messed up my knee. In my second league game with Stead Hay or Phil Hay at Richmond Ground, I I messed up my knee for 18 months. I was supposed to have operations, and I didn't come good eventually. So I had a bad bad knee for a year and a half, non-stop. I kept playing and training and exercising. So Alan McDonald was the first coach, was he? Or was it Desiree? I'm not quite sure. No, it was it was it on the first row. Des, actually, Des, um, Dickie Harris was. He was the second coach. Yeah, so no, the first. Not, coach, not senior, senior coach. coach no. How did you get to Richmond? Uh, Murray Fleming won me to go there. I was promised a suit and 50 pound, I think, or something. It was before Richmond had the territory where I lived yeah. in Nashville, Jordanville. Oh, so before. you weren't? You weren't uh, I wasn't. No, and Hawthorne chased me. Oh, okay. And they, uh, Alan Mudge, who was secretarial of Oakley Footy Club, he wanted me to go to Oakley. He took me down to Hawthorne. Then I could have played for Collingwood Seconds. They chased me. I could have went to one of the three clubs. Yeah, Collingwood yeah, as well. So what, what swayed you to Richmond? The, 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 the $50. The <laughs> 50 pound, I think. And Murray Fleming kept sending nice letters, I think, to my parents. I was going to say, did you get your suit in the end that he offered? Uh, I might have done a couple of them, but... But you got the 50. 50 pound plus a suit. Yeah, something That was good, wasn't it? Oh, Murray Fleming, hey? He was a lovely man, Murray. Yes. Gentleman plus. He was president of the club when I first went there. Yeah. But he was secretary when you were there. Yeah. Yeah. When you you started your career early with Richard, where were you living? In Ashwood. I was called Ashwood now, anyway. How many years did you I did apprenticeship in Burnley at, at... a company called Lambs and Paragon as a breakfast compositor and linotop operator. Lino printing. Linotop, yeah, the printing okay. industry. Yeah. I used to catch the train to Burnley, walk yeah. past Channel 9, back and forth every day, and catch the tram to Richmond, uh, knock off work early, then I'd walk down the punt road, uh, train, catch the train home, or my father would pick me up sometimes in the car, or running Branton to take me home. I had an avenue of the train, back to Jordanville Station, Ronnie Brandt drive me home with my father picking me up. Did uh, Ronnie Brandt live in Ashwood somewhere? Didn't no, he lived in Mount Waverley. I oh, lived in Mount Waverley. Glen Waverley. What, what did you do for pre-season training for yourself? Well, I was quite slim when I went there. I was living at half stone, and then the next year I built up to 12 and a half stone, just by weights and bodybuilding. I went to Terry uh, Bennett's squash way. Yeah. So Terry Bennett, what? He kind of married for Collingwood. He was a Mr. Victoria or Mr. Australia. Right. And uh, I trained in his gym for quite a number of years and back and, and up to uh, other gyms as well. In yeah. Whereabouts was his gym when you trained with him? Uh, both of them in Paran. Ex- exactly. He, he managed squash, squash way in Malvern. I, I went to him in Paran. Yeah. Well, in fact, it was South Yarra. He was, on the, right. he was on the corner of yeah. Chapel Street and Malvern Road. That's right. Then he went up to High Street Road yeah. next year. So your precision is for bodybuilding? Mainly. Yeah. So when I did sprint running for one one year or something, I didn't play well because I'd lost too much weight and uh, I couldn't absorb the punishment. But mainly bodybuilding. You, you would 
been built one of the first footballers to do weights, like you know, to build up and do, and do weights, you know, in it specifically to sort of get big, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, I mean, the club didn't have a gym, so no, they didn't have so unless you would wanted to actually get well, bigger and stronger, we had a barbell there, some dumbbells, yeah. and some weights. I used to do the weights before and after training yeah. every night for quarter an hour before, twenty minutes after. But I got, got up to bench press three hundred pounds. Yeah. I could, one night I wore out four players. I did eight hundred sit ups nonstop with oh. a small, strong medicine ball on. You know, you put your feet in the cleats. At blisters, I couldn't sit down for three or four days. Um, I could do 30 chin-ups behind crucifix style behind my neck. I was reasonably seeing my mates used to come around when I bought my first set of weights when I was caddy at Ripsdale. I'd always bench press 25 pounds more than they could and come, come a lot bigger than me, so naturally a little bit stronger. Well. You might know this, but Bill was a very good junior golfer with David Grain, who won the US Open right. and the US PGA, and they were about the same, they were, they were mates. So did, did you see yourself, Bill, being good at football and being good at golf, that you had to make a decision between being a golfer, like David Graham obviously decided he wanted to be a golfer, or be a footballer? Well, uh, uh, George Nathan did come down to home, as I said, the day before we talked that day. Uh, I had to work six and a half days a week in the pro shop for five pound a week. But in my apprenticeship, I got six and a half pound a week for five days a week. You know, so it was a day and a half less for a pound and a half more, virtually. So uh, I went and followed the, the dollar. Um, don't know if I would have been any good at golf. I don't know, but I, I practiced a lot. Mm. What do you remember about your first game? Your pre-season sometimes also included going to Percy Syracuse, is that right? Well, with the football club, yes, yeah. with Tommy Hapey and all the boys. Uh, yeah, it was just sort of endurance work in the sand. Um, wasn't any sprint work, of course. It was just endurance work, mainly. Before we ask that, Rick, can we ask Bill? Can you can you describe the Richmond Football Club back in 1961? The the feeling around the club, you know, the amenities, you know, that that was a, a feeling that it was a good club or a top club, or was it a club just you know treading water? You know, just the atmosphere of the club back in 1961 when you went in as a senior player as a 17 year old. I mean, and and the senior players who sort of obviously would have been the stars of the club at, at that time? Well, it was all about keenness and success. I think that they all tried hard in their own certain ways. Uh, didn't have a style of football until Len Smith came along. And Len Smith taught the football. Uh, naturally, the players are trying to be successful and not knowing how to be successful. Uh, yeah, well, it was just an ordinary football club and after sort of have to leave which went to St Kilda and Carlton I could see a completely different football club for Carlton and Richmond but that was 10 years down the track Who who were the stars when you walked in as a 17 year old into Richmond the, the names the big name players then Freddie Swift Ron Bratton Teddy Language I suppose Paddy Cole Sanderson Paddy there Yeah Paddy Paddy uh, uh, Cole Sanderson Neville was Neville Yeah there? Graham Jacobs Neville Yeah Neville Did you Did you ever think in those early years that you were going to play in finals or make finals or have success? No, I just took each week to try and win, to be successful, and I didn't think of the future at all. When I trained, I just looked at it from a point of view that I didn't know where the club was going, didn't know where I was going. But I know as I went up through the years, my thoughts changed and educated myself to be smarter, stronger, quicker, if it was possible, 
more endurance. So I gradually got myself away and trained twice a day before, you know, a year or two and trained and trained. That's all I knew is how to train. Can I ask you this question? Back in those days, did people think that Billy Barrett was was a bit silly because he's this training, you know, fitness fanatic? I mean, did the did the other players look upon you as being, you know, some sort of fitness fanatic who because back in those days people didn't do pre seasons as such, did they? They turned up and you know, they you know, put on weight over the summer, all that sort of stuff. I mean, did you find it difficult that, you know, you might have been one of a kind ahead of your time? Yeah, I've been told that many times, I suppose. Uh, in the past, I might have been 25 years ahead of my time, but I'd never, I never sort of looked at it that way. And never, all I wanted to be is play against the best and beat the best. Um, if that was possible, some days I played terrible. Uh, I couldn't avoid that. And some days I overtrained, which made me play terrible. And um, so I had to accept that all the publicity that went with it, good and bad, it was very draining on your mental system. Of course, as you know. Within a couple of years, Bill, you became the biggest name at the club. You know, you were the, the superstar, the star. And when when Graham Richmond took over and became the secretary, his idea was to get Richmond in the paper as many times as possible, you know, to try and get Richmond some publicity. And a lot of it surrounded Billy Barrett, you know, training, running, in the showers, whatever it may be. Did you find, did you feel that pressure of, of being, you know, the face of the club? Oh, yeah, because it, it, it can cause resentment amongst the players. Um, I think I was manipulated and used many times over when I look back now. Yeah, publicity can be good and it can be bad. I did write for the paper before I got the sack of John Craven one year, every Monday night when I read the article. Nothing what I said. It was twisted around the suit to sell newspapers and Bill Barrett was the scapegoat and I got the sack after that or so, but... There's other reasons for it too, I've been told. But, um, oh yeah, I had too much publicity when I look back now and it wasn't all good. And it wasn't all for me, it was all for the club or all for me. I, I was a bit disillusioned because I know Lou Richard said to me many times, you should have a, should have a manager. Right. When Richmond lost, mm-hmm. how did Bill Barrett take a loss? Uh, well, <laughs> I just trained harder again. Yeah. Um, it's just so stupid that I... I did train harder again because, and if we did lose, we didn't lose when I was playing a lot of the most important games we won. So we're pretty lucky in that respect. We might have lost to the bottom side now and again and things like that. The most important games we did win. Oh, I took it. You know, I just trained harder and harder. We more disappointed when Billy Barrett didn't perform as well in certain games. All I did was tried my hardest, whether it worked out how it should have, worked out how it could have, or worked out how it didn't. I, I, I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. But I know, jokingly, I'd play sometimes, and I'd kick a couple of goals, and I'd say, thanks, mate, you know, mate upstairs, and he said, no worries, folks, you'll kick a few more, and I did. <laughs> and I was lucky. <laughs> I was very lucky to be like that. And as I said the other day at lunch, you know, before the finals, before top games or finals, for a month before, my shadow was my opponent. And mentally, he was chasing me all the time on the training track a month before the final. So I, I mentally got myself up that someone was chasing me all the time. So, you know, just, just the way psychologically I tried it. Because, Bill, I think it's fair to say there's probably been no player uh, who's played for Richmond who was a better, big,
player than yourself in all the big games you played in for Richmond, in all those finals when you you start. Did, did you did you see the finals as some sort of you know set a stage for you to just show the the football world you know that you were the best because you were the best sentiment in Victoria, best sentiment in Australia, and I mean, was it a drive? When Richmond made the finals for the first time in '67, I mean, you must have thought, well, this is this is my opportunity, maybe to to grab this. I, I want this will show people. I mean, good players play well in finals, all that sort of stuff, you know. Well, I always look at it. I had a fear to be beaten. The fear drove me on to love to win. So uh, the fear actually it was my nervous fear within me. Uh, I couldn't afford to be beaten, and no one was going to beat me. Even I have to die for the cause, I had to fear that I had to survive uh, whatever was thrown at me. So that's the way I looked at it. There was a fear that drove me exposed to success, not so much the love of being successful. So I don't know why. Well, what's your memories of the 67 Premiership day and win? Well... My feet never hit hit the ground all day. Adrenaline high plus. Uh, I felt no pain. I couldn't hear the crowd. Everything was mapped out, concentration plus. And I was as high as a kite on adrenaline. You know, and I don't know why players need drugs because I didn't need any drugs. I was just mad. You know, to, mad to win. And I was mad before games. Did you know that yeah. yourself? I was off my cruet. But I just wanted to win, and it really knocked me down for two or three days after. I was, flat. you know, flat for two or three days. It took me two or three days to recover after the games, after the games or a lot of top games because of the mental energies I used up. And I think because of the top games, as I've stated, because of dragging energy off the crowds, which is for and against, to use their energy and... Uh, and it was going through me, and they were giving me the lift, the crowd themselves, either the good or bad, yeah. they were my adrenaline rush, and that was lifting me higher and higher to be more successful. How many goals you kicking in the 67 grand final? You kicked a couple of goals, didn't you? I don't know, records of the side. Yeah, because I was just wondering whether there was any passage of play in that grand final that, you know, I've watched it a few times. I mean, there was fantastic drop kicking and, you know, the bustling Billy oh, Barrett. I mean, no, I just, uh, all I know now is statistically, I think I had twice as many kicks as any other original yeah. player. That's all I know. Well, to me, uh, when you're like that, you're, it's a big blur. Yeah. What was your strength sure. as a player? And then also, what was your weakness? You want the weaknesses first? <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> I could. I didn't handball left hand that good. I know Brassy used to go crook at me about that. I could get left foot. I could get left left foot okay, sixty meters or sixty in the yard. Doesn't matter. Um, I wasn't allowed to take a mark in a pack or anything like that. I had to stay down. That wasn't a weakness, of course. Yeah. And mainly left left foot. Um, I can't. I couldn't pinpoint. I sort of tried to cover them all on the training track and the training. That if I had any weaknesses, I did work on it because I couldn't see I had too many left hand. Uh, they could go at me and hurt me, but I'd still bounce back. I wasn't ever frightened. Never frightened of. Never. 
never showed any fear, but the only fear was within me to be beaten by them. But one fright for them. Um, just what, about, what about yeah. Bill? Sorry. Just your strength? Well, I was, wasn't frightened right. to start off. Pain, get kicked in the face, do this, do that. I still keep going through the pain barrier. Uh, your, your prodigious kicks? I practiced a lot. Yeah. A lot and a lot. Drop kicks on the run, night after night after night. So it just wasn't a natural thing. I practiced down at Ashwood High School, running, kicking, flat out drop kicks. Night after night, every Tuesday, a Monday, a Monday and Wednesday nights. Yeah. Or we used to train Wednesday night, but when we weren't, I'd be practicing all the time, kicking the ball flat out run. I'd still do my weights all the time, abdominal work. Um, well, I don't know if I had any strength, I suppose. No, I wasn't quick as K, B, but uh, I was a bit slow off the mark sometimes. And a lot of people have memories of Billy Barrett and Goals in the centre of the ground. Yeah, I could... Uh, I could do that, yeah. I think one day long was kicked Charlie Callender tells me. Dicky Clay's first game against Teddy Whitten, I took five paces out of the centre, kicked to the north end of the ground, a torpedo punt about five, ten minutes into the third quarter and hit the fence on the ball. MCG. Must have got caught in the turbulence, I say. <laughs> but no, when I looked at the kicks and when I looked at some of my kicking, yeah. I couldn't believe I kicked the ball. Mm. I said, I have to scratch my head and say, how yeah, did that go so far and accurate? I said, I can't believe it. I just well, your thighs, bloody. Oh, no, I didn't do any thigh, thigh work. Because you're big in the legs and big upper body strength. Upper, upper body strength, yeah, yeah. I had a heat lock, but I didn't do any body building on my legs. Bill, what no. about every now and then you'd be switched to full forward? Yeah. Did, you, did you enjoy being switched to full forward? Because often you'd go to full forward and, and be a Mr. Fix-It and win the game for the Tigers. So. You know, was uh, that a challenge when they switched to the full forward, or did you see it as some sort of disappointment that you're, you know, the best? It just shows I wasn't playing well in the set, but that's <laughs> So I thought I had to lift me game. It's just because I wasn't playing well in the centre, I think that's what Tommy did it. So it didn't concern me, it didn't worry me. I knew I wasn't playing well, and I had off days like everyone else, and the change in a different environment, or you'd call it, down the other end of the ground, or whichever. Um, and things naturally happen. Sometimes we really don't know why they happen. So I was fortunate enough to be where the ball was at the right time, and I went the full board at times. So I don't know. Yeah. So it didn't sort of didn't think about it much. Only when Tommy Hopey used to try and drag me off the ground, I wouldn't go off. <laughs> that happened at this is the one. Time. So you refused to leave the field. Yes, a few times. And yeah. Barry Stanton wouldn't give the correct messages, and I sent messages back to, to Paddy Ganane and Barry Stanton lots of times. Because I never did what I was told lots of times. Heaps, I wouldn't get a game today if I was playing. Because I say that if I had followed Tommy Hayley's instructions all the time, we wouldn't have won top games. I did what I thought was best. Tommy mightn't have liked it, but I don't care. I had to do what I thought was best for Richmond Football Club. And Tommy understands that now. Uh, but I wouldn't get a game today. <laughs> Is it true, Bill, that there was a, when Len Smith was coach? Yes, it's true. <laughs> was, it it true? Yeah. was it true that he he put you the half forward flank in a in a practice game Hamilton at Hamilton and said, "Now, Bill, I want you to stay on the half forward flank 
I don't want you roaming all over the field. I want to, I want you to play half forward flank. And you went to the half forward flank, and you stood there, and you refused to move. Is that 100% correct? Was that Hamilton? Yeah. Uh, Len Smith thought I was an Owen Abrahams. He used to play for Detroit, that type of player he wanted me to play. Detroit player, yeah. Detroit player. And I stood there with my hands folded in the first quarter. The ball went between your feet. And I never moved. Billy Brown said, help me, Bugsy, help me. And I said, go and get the ball yourself, Brown. And at quarter time, we had a Len Smith calls it in. He said, one bloke's not trying. And I said, such and such is me. I took off my jump and threw it at him. And big Bob Dickerson, was it big Bob? Yeah, Bob Dickerson, yeah. Said, oh, Bill, Bill, Bill. So I said, there's a jumper, you know, you know, sort of few swear words, and that was it. So I wasn't allowed to train for a week, and they had to have a vote. All the players had to put one hand across their face, their eyes, and put their hand up to vote whether I stay or not. Mm. And that's how you stay at the club, because the players voted for you to stay. Mm. Do you know and Michael Patterson walked out on that meeting, he told me. He walked out, what, because he, he... He didn't believe in it, what was happening. He couldn't believe it. Mm. Uh, when you look back, uh, do you think it was a bit harsh to be actually standing there and refuse to move? <laughs> I was just as determined to do that as I was to win. It didn't make any difference. I didn't like defeat. I'm not stubborn. I'm very determined. And if I stood there... Uh, debating my own rights... Uh, if, if, I'll put it this way. If Tommy Hapey said all the players jump off the cliff, and they all did, they're all down there dead, I'd stand on the cliff arguing with Tommy Hapey and say, Coach, you jumped and I might consider. Yeah. See what you've done to the rest of the boys? I'm oh, very heavy on asking questions and the reasons why and what for, and people don't like that. I'm not a yes man to anybody, never have been. It's cost me at times. With uh, Len Smith was seen as... Uh, you know, a, a great coach with great ideas. Yeah. Uh, did he impress you, Lenski? No, uh, he was a good teacher of football. Tommy took over, similar style, got us a hundred times fitter, and Tommy was a lot closer to the players than Len Smith. Len Smith never showered with the players at all. He always showered at the other end of the, the rooms. He never got close to the players like Tommy did. So there's a there's a, quite a fair bit between Tommy and Len when it come along. Uh, Len would stay aloof from us, a good teacher. We weren't as fit. Tommy was keen. He was one of the boys and just as fit. So, completely different situation. But that would have, you must have uh, <coughs> took a you know, Tommy style and fitness fanatic and training and running and doing weights that for someone like yourself, Bill, you must have thought, this is the man for me because this is what I believe in. Oh, still a hard man to coach. You asked Thomas. Yeah, I was a very hard man to coach because I had thoughts of my own. And why did I have to do this? And why do you want me to do it? Tell me why you want to do it first. And I said, that was just me. I queried in questions. And people don't like that when they are in have authority job. Uh, well, I tried to do most things he asked me to do. And I did play for him. Uh, I suppose more than Richmond Football Club and more than Bill Barrett, actually. So, that was a pass. Yeah. How was the Bill Barrett off the field different from the Bill Barrett on the field? That's bad. <laughs> um, I didn't like crowds, football crowds, because they threw cans, spat at you, and flicked lighted cigarettes at you, and things like that, going up the race. 
I could see the animal in the human being when you play football, we could see the crowd, how they react and act. Uh, always tried to be a gentleman, which we were told to do, always warned by the football club, behave yourself, which he did most of the time. Um, never got in trouble away from the football club, maybe speeding tickets, something like that, that's about all. Never got into fighting or anything like that. So, yeah, public life is pretty hard for any footballer. As, as we know today, and it has was yesterday, any day. Bill, some people would say you're one of the most enigmatic players ever to play. You know, you could be on a tremendous high. Yes. And be full of enthusiasm and be the hardest trainer and lead the pack and encourage everyone. And then, like with Everything. the Len Smith situation, yeah. you, you, you could switch off and be insular, not, not get involved, be very much Withdrawn into yourself. Yes. Is that is that a, a fair yes. comment that people may have thought of Bill as a, as a player, or people like say Tommy coaching or selectors may have said, "Geez, Billy's up today. Billy's down today. Or he's talking the rooms, but he's not talking this week or something like that." Yeah, I think that happens to all of us. But we all ride higher waves and lower waves. Have you read that about a situation of an article I've said then? So, um, yeah, I, I used up too much energy, and then I'd go full. I hit the bottom of the wave, and I have to level out. Uh, so you, 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 you restore my batteries. So you would you would get yourself so charged up for a couple of weeks, yes, and put so much into it, yes, that that all of a sudden, when that couple of weeks are over, you'd feel flat. Oh, yes. It'd flatten you, and yes. so you'd then sort of flatten out for a couple of weeks, and then you'd have to start recharging the batteries. Again. I don't have to do it either today. Yeah, I can't work flat out. Look, it's like the tortoise and the hare. I can go like the hare, but I need that rest to recharge. The tortoise will just keep going at the long, low, slow pace all the time, but I can go light speed, then all of a sudden, boom, stop, then I have to recover. So, okay. was it, so was it difficult at that stage when you were playing? To oh, that line yeah, but it was lucky. Yeah, very hard because when we played against bottom sides, I, I tried just as hard, but there's no energy at all. Not, I would try, but I was lucky, very fortunate, that it was against the bottom side that didn't mean much to myself or Richmond Football Club, mm. but I was lucky to be on the super highs uh, when Richmond were at their best mm. and winning. So, a freak of nature or what you want to call it, I don't know. Bill, you, you would have been one of the senior players. Uh, I mean, after the Tigers won in 67, missed out in 68, but in 69... There was a lot of talk that Tommy was going to get the sack during the course of the year. You would have been one of the real senior players then. Uh, what's your memories of 69 and, and the Tigers maybe getting through that hump and getting into the finals and then playing that first final against Geelong where, again, you dominated all the finals and then beat Geelong by about 20 goals? And Only the game I played at Carlton that day when Tommy shifted me to full forward. Um, that had to be won. That game had to be won, didn't yeah, it? To otherwise, Richmond the four. Otherwise, Richmond were going to miss out on, yeah. on the finals. So what, are you, what are your memories of that? I think Tommy shifted me there about halfway, ten minutes into the third quarter, or yeah. halfway through the second quarter or third quarter. I'm not sure. Nearly half. Yeah, somewhere there, and yeah. I think Jake Stoltz goes to a slot. So that was a very important game for the football club. Yeah. So we had and to you, win that game, and you yeah. did it in. Uh, Typical. You took marks, you showed yeah, the ball in the yeah. face of Wes Lofts, you kicked yeah. goals, you gave yeah. it to the crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, a bit of a layer. <laughs> 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 on and off the ground sometimes, but not really. I, mean, I think it was a, 
uh, elation more than Lair rising. Yeah. I think it was just elation. He got the ball yeah. uh, and he got a chance to do something with it. Um, so you do things that you don't even realise you do yeah. until you watch it yourself and go, I didn't do that, did I? Yeah. <laughs> you know, stupid things. We all do that. Yeah. But you must have, I mean, that day, I mean, you kicked eight goals in half and footy mm-hmm. uh, on a very good player, very good side out yeah. at Princess Park. Uh, again, it, it all came back. Does it all come back? That was that centre stage thing. Had to be won. You know what I mean? It was. It brought the best out of you. You know. Yeah. And back to the. You like you yeah. back to the war, and you just like to give it to the opposition and infuriate them. And yeah, I, I don't like to stir them up too much because yeah. you have to wait for years to get your own back sometimes, <laughs> and that can't happen. But I don't know. I just sort of took it in my stride. I sort of. The game had to be won, and I, uh, I was just fortunate enough the ball fell on my arms, and I was fortunate enough it went through the goal. So, um, as I said before, I, I can't imagine how far I kicked the ball sometimes. I can't imagine I was so straight. You know, it just, I don't know why it happened, but it did. Do you, have a game, do you have a game that was your most satisfying that you ever played for the Tigers? Well, in those days, I suppose I never had peace of mind. After football, because always the next season to go on with. Uh, I was never relaxed and never fulfilled the things I would like to fulfill, um, whether they were what they were. But no, I just sort of, I just sort of took it as it come along, and I didn't really, I did worry about playing bad, and I did sort of plan a game to a degree against certain opponents because of this and that. They had their abilities better than me. No, I just took it in a stride. I sort of. I always wanted to, wanted to be good or if I would dress properly or neat and tidy, uh, things like that. And the football was part of my makeup. But, uh, my mother tells me I always wanted to be a perfectionist. And yeah. I suppose that's been my downfall at times too, trying to be a perfectionist. Yeah. And that's just me as a person. Hmm. What about, what about the identities at Richmond at the time? Uh, Graham Richmond. Yes. What, what influential impact did he have on Bill Barrett? Well, Graham was for me uh, for quite a few days, years, and he was against me for quite a few years. Now, that we could have come up a situation between a power struggle between him and Ray Dunn. Uh, I did give him at least my one vote to leave the club, 12, but 13 people voted, so 6 to 7, I got beat by one vote to get the sack. Ray Dunn told me himself. And that was to, when, when you went to the uh, St Kilda okay. yeah, so, so they took a vote. The, yeah, the, 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 and Ray Dunn told me I got beat by one vote. He said, so I tried to hold you, but I think it was more under the water than I actually knew it. And I was the scapegoat of the power struggle between two strong men of the footy club. But I, I was saying to this when I was coming out, I've got no idea how Bill Barrett ever left the Richmond Football Club. I, I didn't know whether Bill Barrett Went to them and it was out of contract, wanted more money, or whether they, someone decided that, uh, I've got no idea how it came about that Bill Barrett, who'd been the star in 67, 69, was the hero of the Richmond Football Club. I can remember being at the club and that, and someone saying, oh, Billy Barrett, you know, at the end of the, Billy Barrett's been cleared and he's going to St. Kilda and Ian Stewart's coming, but I've got no idea how it came about. I don't You'd have to ask the footy, the footy show in the sky. <laughs> Uh, when, when did you? But someone must have come to you at some yeah. stage and said, "Bill, we're, we're taking a vote, or we don't want you anymore." I mean, I think a bit of pub, too much publicity. The articles with um, John Craven in the paper, yeah. 
I think it got me into trouble because I twist about all the articles that were written right. and made me, made me look an idiot, or not made me look an idiot, made, I suppose so, and Richmond Football Club too, both really, because I represent the club when I was writing for the papers. Um, so it was a bit of both, but I don't know, I think they thought in their own minds of certain people that I was doing things that they thought I was doing things but uh, that, that they were doing and I wasn't doing what they were doing. But they thought I was doing it. Like, I'm not going to go into fine detail. On no, that no, one, no, 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 no. They just thought I was doing this and doing this and doing that. But just they were doing this and doing this and doing that. The, but not me. Just the committee approach and say, we're thinking of swapping you with me. Is that how that well, used to go? Well, had a meeting one night and they'd all have been over Graham Blues Hotel. I said, all of you have been over Port Blues. And they, they didn't know what to say. <laughs> all of them had a meeting. And they didn't know what's going on. But, but did you know they were having a meeting about you? No, but I told them they were, and they all went around to speak with They knew. I knew, but I, I don't know how I knew. Did so you actually just got the feeling that, yeah, that no. all of a sudden the club, was, the club wasn't you know, in love with Billy Barrett and, and right. we're thinking about how can we actually move him on? Yeah. Oh, well, Ian Stewart was on the phone for me a lot. Yeah, Stuart was on the phone. Yeah, go to St Kilda, we'll come to St Kilda. So, so is that, well, I don't know, is that the first time, therefore, that you realised that something could be on because Ian rang you and said, listen, yeah. I want to come, did he say I'm going to yeah. Richmond? I want to come yeah, to Richmond. Yeah, I want to come to Richmond. Come to St Kilda. <laughs> so, then I, thought, I spoke to, so I went down and spoke to uh, Norm Smith as well. You didn't want to leave Richmond? No. At all? No. So, so, so it was such a disappointment when it did come through, when the swap did happen. Uh, or did you see there's something of a new, uh, you know, something a well, new road's opened up to It broke my heart to lose the club. Uh, I wasn't the player I used to be after yeah, that. Yeah. But looking back now, it was the best thing that happened to me because I learned so much about life elsewhere. Mm. But not for my football career, it was no good. Mm. Uh, but for life itself, it was an excellent learning curve. Mm. So there was two sides yeah. of it, you know, it's yeah. like... But did you ever think, well, you know, when they were doing the Richmond thing, and you thought, well, you know, I don't want to leave Richmond, did you ever think about, well, stop it, I won't play anywhere? <laughs> oh, yeah, but I love football, I suppose, too. So, so don't right. Yes, well, even Clemson. Third football clubs are ringing me up. So Collingwood rang you up, Melbourne rang you up. I Smith John Kennedy. Oh, no, Norm would have been in South Melbourne. Yeah, he was. I went straight to South Melbourne. You went trained one night, I born, Sunday morning. Went trained at South Collingwood, was after you? Yeah, Peter Lucas, I spoke to him. And I Gee. spoke to John Kennedy. John Kennedy rang me up quite a few times from Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. And Perth before clubs were ringing me up. And I thought, what's going on here? Who's giving these clubs all the information yeah. that was coming from? The fo- inside the footy club. Oh, I see. So all of a sudden, yeah. so, so oh, what, you, what you figured yeah, was, yeah, the club, the club had said to certain, all of the word out there, and said, listen, we'll do a deal on Billy Barrett if you can, you know. Yeah. Can I ask about another game in particular? When you introduced Princess Anne to everyone at the MCG, what's your memories of that occasion? We got beat. <laughs> against Fitzroy? Yeah, against Fitzroy. Apparently she tells you, she said, oh, I believe I've missed some fights or something. Is that, is that yeah, a true story? Yeah, that. I'll have to look at the, what's been written in the newspapers. Um, Yes, yes, you said that. But, well, there will be some fights or something yep, like that. Yep. Yeah, I said, oh, maybe there might be something like that. Yeah. I hope not, or something like Was that. it such an odd thing to happen halfway through a footy match to stop and. I was vice captain that day, right. Were you told beforehand that you would be escorted yes. to Princess Anne? Yeah, I was introduced to the players. 
Could you speak anyone's name? In amongst all the... No, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> nah. So I was pretty cheeky. I had to... Oh, I was pretty cheeky, but I was, I was also diplomatic too. Right. <laughs> I did I can meet different personality if I had to meet Did you meet... Much. Did you meet the Queen? Yeah. Uh, or was it Princess Anne? Well, I, I, I introduced her to Princess Anne to all the players that day. Right. All the players that I was captain. Once you might have done that, yeah. What was the most rewarding year for you in football? Not just the game, but the whole year. If you look back, is there a particular year that for you you think you achieved a lot or you grew a lot as a person in a particular year? I must admit, I learned more, I learned a lot about a, a different style of football when I was at Carlton Barassi in 71. The 71, Carlton played 12 games, they come eight their best, and I kicked six goals from the centre. Yes. Um, Monday against somebody, and, uh, I learned a different style of football, and Barassi was surprised that I could change my style of football to handball, short pass, mm. and not necessarily just kick long all the time. Mm. But I did that at because I was told to do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, rewarding year, that was just, I think to learn about football at St Kilda and Carlton yeah. different for Richmond, yeah. I suppose. So I, I did learn a fair bit in 71. Anything you didn't achieve at Richmond that you wanted to achieve? The only thing I would, would like to achieve is stay there for to play in the other premierships. Yeah. That's the disappointing part. But I had a chance to play in a 72 Carlton and I went to Oakley. Billy played in a game against Essen at the MCG and uh, a flying boot from Ken Fletcher yeah. kicked Billy in the head, right? This massive gash, oh, yeah. massive gash. Yeah. yeah, well, what happened? Vern Vivian said to go in the hospital. I said, no, I'm not going to the hospital. I said, fix it up. So he put five or six stitches in there. They held me down, Sid McRae and Charlie Callender. I was screaming in pain. And I put three or four stitches under there. He kicked and goes. Boots stops got caught in my face. Who's Boots got caught in my face? So, I think I played, I've got nearly best on the ground that day. I played in shock. Mackenzie kept going at me, big ruckman. from well, doesn't matter. Played, and I, I think they put six in there, or three or four in there, without anesthetic, and it really did hurt. On the ground. On the ground. Lie down on the boundary line, and they stitched me up without anesthetic. It really hurt. But it wasn't, uh, my, my memory, Bill, was, it wasn't as if like, they did like six. Of them. It was sort of like a big Hessian bag thing, sort of, oh, you know, to hold it together, because it was quite a big flat cut on oh, there. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's big. It just opened up like that. I got photographs of it stitched up with the Herald Sun sort, but it just opened up. You could put three fingers in there. Yeah, it yeah. just went chill. It was just on. The, they just laid. It was in front of the members stand. They just laid it on the ground. Didn't yeah, they? just up from the race there. Up from the race, you yeah. know, with a, yeah. And then you played the rest of the game. Oh yeah, yeah. I think shot. I got the best play. I would say shock, but I got best or second best, Rich. First yeah. best or just kept went back no, to play. It, 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 didn't, it didn't affect you in the coming weeks. In fact, no. Well, after the game, Vern Vivian, I said, "Come, Vern, let's go back and stitch this up, redo it." He said, "No, Bill." I said, "Why?" He said, "We're going up there and have a two or three scotches first. <laughs> so we went upstairs, had a couple of scotches, and he put eleven stitches in there and five in there, and since then I've had plastic surgery on it. Had right. a scar cut out. But, uh, yeah, even he didn't want to tackle it. Then I got. Need the injections to uh, take away the pain. Is that the most damaging injury you had? No, I've had busted noses, quite a few dislocated jaw, playing broken teeth, knocked out, busted wrist uh, in Adelaide, skateboard bones, still got a pin in there. 
than they at Richmond when I was seventeen, the second league game. But a lot of other calcification. Michael Patterson fixed me up one night for training. That, that cost me a fair bit of time too. So yeah, it's a crook shoulder or two. Did you like the yeah. Did you like the the nickname Bustling Billy Barrett? I mean, it's a great no, name, Bustling Billy Barrett. No, I had no no thoughts or feelings on anything like that. I, I hadn't any feelings on anything. I'm pretty a basic God fearing man, if you put it that way. Um, always been religious until myself uh, until myself since I was 11 years of age. Um, have a lot of faith, lots of things, and people. Even if I give everyone my love, which I have throughout my life, I didn't expect anything back. So I'm a different person than my football, but people actually know me. They only see the wild side by me out on the football ground. So I'm the opposite as of what they see. So, Because life is but a contradiction anyway. Mm. Itself, good and bad, right or wrong, black and white. So life is but a contradiction. What, what influence did... Tommy Hafey have on Bill Barrett. His enthusiasm, his keenness, his dedication. And he's still the same as he always was. Uh, a disciplined disciple of the game. That's what I call him. A yeah, disciplined disciple. So, um, I like can I try myself to train as much as I can? And I, I'd like to be like him. A few years ago, you went back to play in a Legends game mm-hmm. with the Richmond Football Club, a Legends game. In fact, I spoke to you the night before and I said to you, I said, now, Bill, don't do anything silly tomorrow. And you said, no, 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 I'll be training, I'll be fine. Uh, Next thing I know, I get a phone call from a bloke telling me that you're bloody in hospital. Yeah. Uh, you went down to play in a Legends game to raise some money for the former players at Punt Road. And... You had a heart attack at halftime with that game. Yeah, I had a cholesterol blockage. My left uh, main artery blocked up, and uh, I must have handled the ball a few times because I just don't remember the game much. I at the same time, but ball kept following me around a little bit. They told me, but I felt good in the showers. Dickie and I come off at halftime. Tommy wanted to drag me off before, and I wouldn't come off. Typical <laughs> <laughs> of the past. What else is news? <laughs> And, and I went in the showers and asked Vicky to get the soap for me under the bath. I felt giddy. So I went out of the train and said, look, I'm not feeling well. So they laid me down and I got found Marshy and there was an accident outside the ground with an ambulance. So I was lucky it was there. And I got Marshy, got the ambulance and my heart stopped five times between Epworth, uh, Richmond and Epworth uh, for 30 seconds at a time. So it took them a fair bit. Uh, to get my heart going. I woke up at half past nine that night. There was about 25 people in the room. My ex-wife, Brittany, my daughter. A beautiful nurse, about 25. And I said, gee, you're pretty. I thought I was in heaven. <laughs> then I went back to sleep. And Brittany and Sandra said, oh, he didn't even notice us. <laughs> so, so what happened, Bill, uh, in terms of, of the recovery? Did you need an operation? Uh, they put a stent in. Uh, that was it. Yeah. And I, uh, I was exercising within three or four weeks. Yeah. So my heart stopped the following week, but then six days as well. And 12 people in a room, I was watching the VFL football, and I said, what are you buggers doing in here? And they said, oh, oh just straight lined again on the screen. Lucky a male nurse turned around and saw it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stopped within six days again. Then I wouldn't let, they put me in uh, <clears throat> security area, then wouldn't let any people, people see me after that. Mm-hmm. 
the golf technique. <laughs> so since then, you you're, you're back training hard every day. Yeah, about it. Running hour. every day. I don't run. I just walk, do weights, and I don't want to work. Yeah. yeah. I can run, but I don't bother because my right knee. Yeah. Too many kicks. That's why I got that and knee. So. Weight wise, would you be the same as your playing days now? Or if, you know, because you look pretty got, much the same. Got before. down to eighty six kilos. I'm at about ninety two. I played about eighty four. I think. When you when you played St Kilda, did you ever play any cricket? I did when I played Carlton. Okay. And I had a calcification in that thigh and I got a bad knock. I played against Dean Stewart and I just played poorly. I was disappointed. None of the boys had a go at me from Richmond that day. I disappointed myself because I had a knock on a, a week before and I was debating whether to play or not. And they said, don't play. And I said, I want to play. And I shouldn't have played. So I was made a mistake. Yeah, the calcification. Yeah. Um, I wasn't right. At and all. just on that, was it difficult running out that day and lining up against the Tigers? No. No. Didn't, 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 no, I think, oh, gee, no. no, I didn't worry me at all. all none, of the, none of the players had a go at me or anything. No, no, but just from a point of view no, of memories flowing back saying, well, you know, no. love that jumper sort of thing. No, you know? it didn't worry me. I had to do like I had to do. I had a different Guernsey on. I worked for a different company at the time, Carlton Football Club. I had to do what I had to do. And that day, I let myself down a bit. I shouldn't have actually played. I made a mistake. But because you didn't play against Richard when you were saying, when you were at St Kilda. No, I only played well. three games. I think yeah. St Kilda. No, I didn't. So it wasn't that opportunity to see. No, I, you were, no, no. But I did play against Lee, and I didn't play well that day. Yeah. As I said, I shouldn't have played. But I didn't want to. I thought it'd be weak of me if I didn't play. But I was injured, and I said I was right. Yeah. And I wasn't. So. Yeah. As we get near the end of the interview, how um, how do you think people? How would you like people to remember Billy Barrett? How they want him? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, that, for those who didn't see play, like I never saw him play live, no. and people who listen to this interview 50 yeah. years down the yeah. track, how can you describe or what legacy would you like to leave? Win at all costs. Exuberant. Enthusiasm. Stamina. Strength. Never give in. Kill to win. Determined. Too determined for his own good. <laughs> 